Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. I look, I understand the calls, I appreciate it, but I gotta go to work. I'm black. I gotta go to work. I got Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. All right, so, man, I tell you, people are upset about the protests. Uh, last night downtown in Austin, we had protests. Uh, people were trying to get to work. Yeah, there's a video that's going viral on the web where a black guy, you know, was yelling at the Black Lives Matter pro- protesters who were blocking the interstate or the ramp on off the interstate. And so, and and this is this seems to be something that's you know all around the country. Um, it seems the people that are actually protesting are not black; they're actually white guys that are protesting under the guise of Black Lives Matter. And so my question for you today is, should shooting at a vehicle driving away be considered deadly conduct? What about the Mike Ramos case? You can't protest the cops and then act like the cops. So once again, that question is, should shooting at a vehicle driving away be considered deadly conduct? I want to talk about that. Hopefully we can get Skip Davis, uh, an attorney here in Austin, on the phone inside the studio. I have a Brandon Anton yes. inside the studio, and he's with an organization called, what is it called? Black ATX Tactical. Black oh. ATX Tactical. It's, mm-hmm. it's a Facebook group yeah. here, in, here in Austin, Texas. And also Derek Wills. Uh, Derek is going to talk to us about his stance. Uh, Derek used to be with Lone Star Gun Rights, and so he's going to tell us you know, what he's, his thoughts are on the shooting that took place here in Austin as well uh, last weekend. Also, the identity of the shooter has been released, Daniel Perry, who's a sergeant in the United States Army. We're going to break all that stuff down for you. And protesters shot at a vehicle as it drove away from the scene of shooting should that protester be charged with, with a crime. 
the Garrett Foster Memorial has been vandalized. I want to talk about that. Police warn apartment complexes off of I-35 to watch for armed protesters getting on the roofs of buildings. And I have reports from the United States Army that uh, some people were actually detained by local law enforcement uh, who were actually on the roof. So yeah, hopefully get some information about that. Also, armed Boogaloo Boys protect protesters last night. Who in the world are the Boogaloo Boys? Somebody needs to call me and tell me what all that's about. Our call-in number is 512 <laughs> I'm going to always get this wrong because I look at it right here and I don't look it over there. 512-543-2284. That's 512-543-2284. Come and talk it. Give me a call. Tell me what your thoughts are. What is going on? And... It, I'm not gonna, I can't say what I really want to say on the air because I get in trouble, so I'm just going to post it on Facebook later on tonight. Is that okay, uh, producer? All right, good to go. He said that. That's good. All right, good. All right, so my question for you, should sh shooting at a vehicle driving away be considered deadly conduct? And isn't this literally, literally what the Mike Roma's brigade was protesting the night of the shooting that one of their members was actually shot and killed by a driver in a vehicle. So let's go back. Let's talk about the Garrett Foster. Garrett Foster was participating in a protest last Saturday night uh, with a group called the Mike Romo's Brigade. Well, as they're marching along downtown, uh, another gentleman that happened to be in a vehicle, a rideshare vehicle, just dropped off a passenger, Daniel Perry. He makes a right turn, and as he makes a right turn downtown on one of the streets there, onto Congress from 4th, all of a sudden, the protesters surround his vehicle. He sees someone with an AK-47. He says they pointed the gun at him, and instead of waiting for the, him to see the muzzle, to see the entire hole of the gun, he pulls out his concealed handgun. He fires a shot, several shots. He stops the person, and I counted five shots. And then he drives off. He drives away. As he's driving away, there's another person that's in with the protesters, was uh, I believe was a medic, according to uh, Skip Davis, who was an attorney on the phone with us last weekend, said he was a medic for the organization, pulled out a concealed handgun who had a license, and fired three shots at the vehicle as it drove away. And then no one's accounting for the last shot. There's one last shot that no one's counting for. No one's mentioning anything about the last shot that came from a totally different gun. So I'd like to know who's the third shooter. Will someone please tell me who is the third shooter? And I, I, I do want to play the video so you guys can listen to that audio because there's five shots that came from the driver, and then there are three shots that came from the medic that was in with the protesters who were blocking the roadway, Class A misdemeanor. And then there's one last shot after that that came from a totally different gun, which is a deeper sound. And you got to listen to that. Listen, you got to go back and look at the video. You got to listen to it. Don't look at it. Just listen to it. Listen to the sounds. Five shots, three shots, one shot. You know why I know this stuff? Because my job at the gun range is to listen and know when all my shooters have fired all their shots. My job, if I have eight people on the firing line, I need to make sure I know that all eight people fired all their shots. And I need to know who's missing a shot because you know, that, that could be a... a you know, we can have an accidental discharge if we don't know what's going on. So I like to count my bullets. And that's why I know that last shot was totally different, different sound. 
But you know what? I do want you to listen to this when we get it pulled up. Yeah. All right, so we'll get that pulled up for you a little later. But I have inside the... All right, so I have inside the studio um, Brandon Anton. Brandon, you know, tell me a little about yourself and, you know, and where were you last weekend, last Saturday night? Yeah, so as you mentioned earlier, I have a Facebook group called Black ATX Tactical. And it's really a facility to help people that are – this is obviously a story for black gun owners in the United States. We're trying to highlight that and give educate be a facility for education and empowerment for those people. So it's, like, really cool. But um, You mean tell me there's an organization with black, black folks in Austin, Texas that are pro-gun? Yeah, you'd be surprised. And I think it's like, first you have to get That's over. That's what people want you to believe. They want you to believe there's not, you know. Right, they, right. They want you to believe that the black community is not interested in the Second Amendment. All right, we come back from the break. I want to come back to Brandon. I want Brandon to, to expound on that a little bit and tell sure. us about his organization. What do they do? Um, you know, the the fact that, you know, how many people are actually in the organization. That, that is a, It is a black organization that actually supports the Second Amendment. We're talking about this. We're going to talk about the shooting that happened last uh Last Saturday, should should shooting a vehicle, shooting at a vehicle, driving away be considered deadly conduct? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. Peace, this is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talkin' Radio with Michael Cargill. Austin. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Let's talk. 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. We're back. We're talking about, you know what? The Austin shooting. Everyone's talking about these protests. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. Should shooting at a vehicle driving away be considered deadly conduct? You know what? Let's talk about what does a Texas law says when it comes to use of force and deadly force. When it comes to the castle doctrine, does everyone understand what does the castle doctrine mean? That means that if in my vehicle, I'm in my vehicle, and if someone attempts to enter my vehicle, I reason believe, I I reason believe someone is attempting to enter my vehicle or remove me from my vehicle, I can use force, a deadly force to stop them. If I think someone's trying to kill me, I can use force, a deadly force to stop them. Do I need to wait until I see the muzzle of the gun? That's the question. And that's the question for a jury. You know, was he attempting to enter the vehicle? Do I need to wait till I see the muzzle of the gun? Well, we'll see what the jury says, because now that's going to be hand- probably most likely handed over to a jury. We'll see. Maybe not. Maybe so. You know, and but then how about the person that's standing in the crowd with the protesters? You know, you're in the crowd with the protesters. All of a sudden, vehicle fires shots. That vehicle drives off. Can you shoot at that vehicle? No, you cannot. People literally... We're talking about the Mike Ramos case. Will someone please get their head out of their three-point of contact and tell me what was going on on that night 
you had the Mike Romos Brigade literally downtown Austin protesting because Mike Romos was in a parking lot. Austin police officers surrounded his vehicle. He drove off. They shot him, killed him. And now you're telling me that the person in the crowd with the protesters at this shooting last weekend would be justified and shooting at a vehicle that's driving away? You people are acting like a female who's 52 years old who's going through menopause. Explain to me what are your feelings because I'm totally confused. I have inside the studio Brandon. Brandon, Black ATX Tactical. Hello. What's going on, Brandon? Tell me what's going on, sir. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, things that happen in the incident that are open to interpretation right now, so we can certainly get into that. I see you're very passionate about that. But uh, yeah, I was going to give you a highlight of my, my group real quick just to tell you that, yes, there are uh, black gun owners in Austin that are pro-Second Amendment, and I do think that we're focused on empowering people through education on this sort of stuff. So I, I came from a background, I, I, I'll tell you that, I have family that have been you know they're in law enforcement my aunt was at the whole like waco branch of Vidian thing she was atf i've family and military they're actively serving so i've always grown up and respected firearms and everything like that like that but i just knew not to touch them it's just that it was just something that uh i knew that but i didn't start shooting until probably like five years ago uh one of my friends kind of in san when i lived in san antonio kind of got me more into it and i got more interested and i kind of took a sports shooting perspective and then i took a self-defense but I uh, I came from a martial arts background. I used to do mixed martial arts, competed and everything like that. But I was thinking to myself that not everyone has the privilege to have this, uh, you know, have the opportunity like I did to learn about firearms and gun ownership. And I know some sometimes black people don't always feel the most comfortable there. Um, for me, like I've all, my experience with firearms in the gun community have, have been overwhelming po positive. So I like to I would like to emphasize that. But I know like everyone, you know, I'm trying to basically help everyone else out and. Yeah, you have to talk to people. Like I said, first there's a hurdle of, especially here in Austin, it's like, why do you need a gun, right? I always ask that. So, like, I'm six foot one, 205. Uh, you know, I don't think anyone's going to, for the most part, try to attack me, but people, like, they, they ask me, like, why do you need one? And I explain to them, well, why not? You know, like, and why would you? I mean, typically, the black community, they're anti gun, are they not? Not. So, here's the thing is, when you talk about, or I'm from, I'm from the South, right? I have family in Alabama and Georgia. So I'm, I'm telling you that we definitely believe in our Second Amendment rights. I don't know any yeah. black family that don't own the gun. Right, be exactly. With yeah, yeah that's <laughs> so what I'm I don't saying. know where that even comes from. I don't know where that came come from. Like, probably, like, urban areas because there's, like, a stigma surrounding it. But, like, I'm talking about, like, I have family in the country. You need to defend your land. And you don't, you know, like, that's just a thing. So And, I, yeah, I'm confused about the crack that some people are smoking because <laughs> I tell you, within the last, especially within the last few months, that's all I ha I have. The majority, like this weekend, the majority of people that took my classes weekend were black, black yeah. males, black females who were young, right? Young black females yeah. and black males, mm -hmm. and I I I have twenty people in class. You know, this I had twenty people at eight o'clock in the morning. I had another twenty people at one o'clock. We had two classes on Saturday, yeah. mostly black males, black females who were young. Yeah, they just some people are like trying like now with the whole COVID stuff and all the what was going on the. The political climate right now, they see it as important, but now, you know, you kind of see now, it's hard for even me like, get ammo or, like, six months' wait on a Glock 19. It's pretty crazy. So, like, oh, like, oh, now you see what we're seeing, right? Right. So, but, you know, like I said, um, I think that a lot of millennials and exennials, wherever they call themselves, definitely uh, will be more anti-gun and everything, because they have this, you know, they push this narrative and things like that, and they ask, like, 
why you know why do you need it? That's the thing. And then we are, we are in this kind of amidst this hysteria. And you look at, I mean, historically, you look at how um, like during civil rights and everything, like that people think that we won civil rights through nonviolent means, just by nonviolent means. But having a sense of armed resistance was very integral, important to getting our civil rights. And people My forget that. My Second Amendment protects the first. Correct. And people forget that a lot. People want to dismiss that or kind of not talk about it. You know, there's there's books out there I'll, I'll recommend. Like, uh, there's one this nonviolent stuff will get you killed. There's one like that. Or, um, and see the difference yeah. between you and me is I'm I'm more aggressive when I say it. You actually said nice and polite <laughs> and proper. Me, uh, you know, I, I curse and yell and scream. I just try to be palatable to people. I have to give them a little, you know, give them a little approach. Like, yeah, I I respect you, and like there is a, there is a. We need people like you or having degrees of that, but some people just need to be inch and approached and, and just tell people like, hey, this is the reason why. Like I have a mother, I have a, my, you know, my mom lives in Georgia. My, my aunt, my grandmother are out there and stuff like that. You know, a lot of, um, I have, unfortunately, I, you know, I lost my father a couple of years ago and things like that. So like you need, to, you don't, we don't always have, women don't, for example, black women, for example, don't always have the means to protect themselves. And I, I love them and I'm just, I've, you know, luckily they have, guns and everything like that right, so now brandon tell mm-hmm. me what happened uh, last weekend so you were actually driving downtown yeah uh and, you, and why were you downtown did, uh, did you i wasn't know, doing the most exciting thing do you know there are going to be protests downtown no i didn't know they didn't have a no i'm just i, w- I went to play frisbee with a friend and then we uh got ice cream it's not not the most exciting thing i've done but mm-hmm. when i was going when i left Zilker you mean, tell Park, me you didn't go down there looking for trouble no, I ain't looking for trouble. Like, there's residential areas. There's there's a bunch of things like that. There's stuff still open, right? Okay. There's still restaurants. So you just so happened to be downtown. Yeah. Good. Uh, about right. an hour before this happened, I, you know, I do have video footage of me of stopped on, like, six in Congress, and they're just in the road. You know, they're protesting. And it's kind of unusual to me because usually when I go downtown, they're on 7th. Right. In front of the police station, everything like that, they're protesting, and they usually congregated in a manner that's kind of like kind of orderly, and they're not like disrupting traffic or anything like that. And see, the re- the reason I brought you into the studio because yeah. I'm so tired of the majority of people that are being interviewed from the Black Lives Matter organization are usually white males and white females, and I want to get a black male's right. perspective on what is going on with the Black Lives Matter movement. Right? You know what a concept. Yeah, I mean. And oh, you can I, call me, by the way. My number is 512-543-2284. Tell me how you feel. 512-543-2284. Oh, my God. Give me a call. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're right. There's definitely a perspective. Uh, I think there, there are a lot of people that are down there, like white men, white women, things like that. Right. And I think it kind of like, I think that. What killed me is I actually was down there uh, mm-hmm. yesterday, and I literally heard white males, uh, white people from the Black Lives Matter program, uh, uh, movement calling black police officers the N word. I didn't hear that, but I wouldn't oh, be surprised. Oh, I, I wouldn't be. That. I mean, I wouldn't be. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. So tell me. All right. So you were downtown. Yeah. Are you downtown, and what did you see? So after my friend and I got ice cream, I was like, "Hey, there's protests going on. Like, it's kind of crazy. You want to see him real quick?" So I drove down Seventh, and then got on Six, and then I turned um, left on Congress, going towards Fourth Street. Right. Okay. So. We're going towards Fourth Street, and then we were stopped because there's people in the they're like in front of Fourth, so right? Between Fourth and Congress, so we had, we're 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 forced to stop, right? So we kind of park in an adjacent parking lot because my friend, you know, we just want to observe people, watch things like that. Okay. Um, my friend, my friend says, you know, let me get out and take a picture, right? All right. All right. So as soon as he's about to get out, we see people rushing towards the vehicle or rushing towards something. At the time, I didn't know. Right. Um, here, here are five shots. So. I'm having to no curse. 
Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I heard five, you know, I heard five shots. So I'm leaning back. So we don't know what's going on. I'm right. I'm I'm trying to take cover, see what's going on, everything like that. So um people are rushing. So I try to get out there as soon as you know, as fast as I can. All right. Um and that's all that's all I saw. I saw people rushing, everything like that, but to the climax of it, like I said, I saw people rushing towards the vehicle. Right. And I was coming from, I was coming from, um, like, like I said, you're coming from the Capitol. Correct. To, towards that. So I saw a different vantage point. Right. And then obviously, you know, first responders were there almost immediately, like right. within the five minutes. Correct. So. So did you hear shots? I heard five shots. Five shots. Yeah. Now, and, and, and that's my question to everyone, because mm-hmm. I had the five shots, which came from the vehicle, the driver. Mm-hmm. Then there were three shots that came from the guy that was the, the medic for the organization for the Black, Black Lives Matter. And listen to this audio right here. Listen to this. Listen to all nine shots. One, two, three, pow, that last shot. Uh, that No one's counting for the very last shot at the end there. That came from a different gun. So there is a third shooter that is hiding out, and people in the crowd, they know about it. So these people are lying about what actually happened. They're trying to paint their own little narrative. We're going to talk about it when we come back from the break. I have Derek, with, um, who's with Lone Star Gun Rights on Skype. Also on the phone, I have Skip Davis. He's an attorney. Uh, and also Gary's on the phone, too. So I want to talk to them. We come back from the break about what's going on downtown, what's happening, who should be charged, who should not be charged, because there's some daily conduct going on there. We're going to talk about that. We're going to break this down. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talkin'. This is Coley on Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Talk 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about the Austin shooting that happened last weekend when Garrett Foster was shot and killed. Uh, he was participating in a protest in downtown Austin with the Mike Romas Brigade and Black Lives Matter. And so my point is this. When it comes to the Mike Romas Brigade, last weekend they were downtown Austin protesting. The reason they were protesting is because Mike Romas was in a parking lot outside of his vehicle. Officers uh, reply, um, responded to a 911 call, and dr- Mike Romas drove off. Officers shot him, killed him while he was driving away. Didn't they shoot him in the chest first? I don't know where they shot him. I know they shot him, and, and he ended up dying. And so the thing is, my point is, this organization, Mike Roma's Brigade, they were down there protesting because of that shooting. And literally, one of the people in their organization shot at a vehicle that was driving away. You literally did what you were protesting against. You cannot act like the police. You can't protest them and then act like them. You can't do that. You got to pick your choice. I mean, are, are we, is, this a, is this a female on menopause? What's going on? Give me a call. Even the ladies who are on menopause, give me a call. 512. 512- Five four three two two eight four. Come and talk it. All right. So on the phone lines, Derek, Derek Wills, Lone Star Gun Rights. Derek, what's up? 
Okay, so just for the record, I'm no longer with Lone Star Gun Rights. I uh, resigned my position following the Garrett Foster tragedy. Why is that? Um, uh, because, well, I don't want to get into it. Uh, LSGR is still a great organization, but I, um, I'm too. I my principles will not allow me to continue affiliating with LSGR. All right. Now, you're you're trying to say, show similarities between Mike Ramos and what happened following Garrett Foster's. Uh, death. Yes, it's not the exact same thing. Okay, at do, all. Detail. Police showed up. Police showed up to a nine one one call because he was allegedly doing drugs in his own vehicle. Okay, which you can argue about whether it should be illegal or not. I am of the mentality that it shouldn't be because he's not harming anybody but himself. He has the right uh, to to do whatever he wants with his own body. Okay. Cops show up, bring lethal force to him. They are show up with with weapons drawn telling him that they're going to kidnap him and throw him in a cage for doing something that, quite frankly, he shouldn't be in trouble for doing. He then is it gets against, in his it car, was it, drives was it, was it against the law? It doesn't – to me, it doesn't matter. Was it against the law? I don't care if it's against the law. Gotcha. You have the right of your own uh, – uh, because you have of self-ownership, you have the right got to it. do whatever you want to your own body. All right, got it. Now, so ignore the law. Go ahead. Car, We're good. He gets in his car, he drives away from the police officers, he is not a threat to anybody, and they dump lethal rounds into him, killing him. Okay. Conversely, uh, Daniel Perry had just unloaded five rounds into a man that had done nothing wrong. Okay. Completely different scenario. Okay. So yes, they are returning fire at that point. How is that a completely different scenario? Can you, Be, under right. the Texas law, Derek, under the Texas law, can you shoot someone who's driving away after they shot someone else? Yes or no? Um, I, I I am not entirely clear on the no, you can't. Derek, driving away. Derek, under the Texas law, if someone takes something from you, they rob you, and they run away, can you use force, a daily force, to stop them to recover your property? Yes, you can. Did he take anything, and were they trying to retrieve anything? Uh, he took somebody's life. No, but he didn't That's, take their uh, property, and they weren't trying to recover that property immediately after in fresh pursuit under the Texas law. They're not justified in using force or deadly force. Is, proper, is your life not your own property? There's right, there's wrong, then there's the law. If we don't like the law, we go to the Texas Capitol come January 2021, and you change the law. There's right, there's wrong, there's feelings. You got to remove that. You got to take your heart from your chest, put it in a table, and follow the law. Just comply, right? Because that's how tyranny can keeps uh, growing as much as it has. Yeah, as a black, Just, I'm, unfortunately, I'm not a white male. As a black male, yes, I'm going to comply. I'm going to comply, and then I'm going to get my attorney, and I'm then going to sue them. See, what the thing is, you're not complying voluntarily. You're complying under duress because the consequences of not complying is the state coming after you with the threat of violence. All right. I That's tell you what, Skip Davis, because he's he's dying to get in get in on some of this. Skip Davis, come on in here, Skip. Uh, good afternoon, Michael. How are you doing? I'm doing great, sir. You know I love you, right? <laughs> I love your show. I like what you're doing. We have to keep the pot stirred to have the discussion that's finally going to meet out what the truth is and what uh, liberty and justice really means. Let me talk really quickly. I want to just say something really quickly about um, uh, Michael Ramos. Um, 
they they fired upon Michael Ramos. I've reviewed those videos pretty extensively, and they it appears to me that they shot Michael Ramos because he wasn't following their orders. He made no moves that put any of those police officers in any danger whatsoever. And remember, the rules for the use of deadly force that are contained in the Texas Penal Code, statute number 9.51, you can only use deadly force as a police officer if you're saving somebody's life or your own. You don't get to shoot somebody because they didn't comply. That's what happened. They had a rookie who'd only been on the force for 90 days serving out there with his field training officer, um, who's the supervisor while you're on probation status. And this guy is the guy who fired the beanbag into Michael Ramos, which scared Michael Ramos into thinking he'd been shot in the side by a cop. And he fell. He didn't dive. He fell. If you look closely at that video, especially the last one, the dash of the body cam video, he is driven into his uh, driver's seat by the force of the bag. But skip, now, skip. Let me tell you. We're, we're, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, go ahead. Hang on. Let me tell you, these beanbags are not uh, inconsiderable. We've got several people now who are in the hospital with brain injuries from being shot in the head with these, quote, non-lethal weapons. They were less than 15 meters away from Michael Ramos, and this rookie shot Michael Ramos with a shotgun shell, a 12-gauge shell that fired out a projectile, um, which was beanbag-like. We have it's, it's not non-lethal at 15 yards to shoot anybody with a shotgun. Right, I don't so, care what it is in it, unless it's going to be one of those shotguns that Elmer Fudd has, where when you pull the trigger, the flag comes out the end and says pop. All right, so answer Thank this you. question for me, Skip, because we're not. Try I'm not trying to argue the Mike Romo's case. That. All right, so but I want to talk about was the person, the medic who was standing in the crowd as a vehicle mm -hmm. drives away, is he justified using force or deadly force under the Texas law? It depends. That's a very that's that's why all these people who are engaged in gunplay must go to trial so that all of these competing, complicated uh, uh, legal concepts can be married against the facts in a fairly sterile environment uh, to really determine whether or not somebody in the use of, of self-defense, deadly self-defense, actually had a objectively reasonable fear. It's to me. It's clear to me. It's clear to me that this guy no, 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 fired no, no, his no, no, shots. He drove minute. off. Yep. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No. So he, the driver fired the shots because he perceived that someone was trying to kill him. And no, 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 no. He because he said he perceived right. that somebody. So was he reason believed. No, 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 hang no, no, on. No, 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 no. That's it's a now. Remember, the jury is going to be the ones who determine what whether or not that's true and whether or not that's objectively reasonable. Of course, somebody who kills somebody is going to say he provoked me. Okay, now continue. All right, go go ahead, uh, uh, uh um, Derek. I'm sorry, you going to say something? Uh, yeah, I, I like how we're completely glossing over the fact that he made a very aggressive right turn after running a red light into a crowd of protesters aggressive. before anybody. Yeah, aggressive. Absolutely. Look at the look Derek. at the dash that cam. Light, that look light aggressive. Of the Uber driver. Aggressive. Come on, guys. Really, really.
Yes, really absolutely. That light had been red five full seconds before he even. You guys are you guys are assuming the- that everyone's a great driver. Do you know? Let me tell you. Let me no, tell you. No, let me no, tell you a no, quick no. story. What we're assuming is. What we're assuming is that as a driver who's driving in a professional capacity and a uh-huh. man who, who, who is operating a vehicle as, as a limousine, although under these new rules of, 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 of gig economy, uh-huh. that he will follow the rules of the road. Well, now, he did not. He did not even hit his brakes. He drove through that red light, and it had been red for five seconds. Let me tell you, Skip. In the next, wait a minute. In the next two seconds... He came to a stop. That's seven seconds. That gives him three seconds to reach into his glove box, pull out a, 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 a pistol, back the slide, roll down the window, stick it out the window, and shoot somebody five times. That's not possible. I've tried it several times in the last 24 hours. It's just not feasible. So that tells me that he was riding around with the, with the gun on his car seat or the gun in his lap, would be most likely. Um, and that gives me pause because he I don't I can't say he did things purposely, but he purposely and intentionally ran that red light and he executed that right turn. I disagree. And, um, he, and he well, stopped. Hang on. I now, disagree. Let me, now, let me answer your question. Let me answer your question about shooting somebody when they're driving off. The, self, the, the defensive property statute does allow for somebody who's uh, trying to recover their property to uh, use the force if they think that that property cannot be recovered under any other circumstance. Now, I understand your argument that there was no property exchange here, and I like White's argument uh, that uh, your life is indeed – you have a property interest in your life legally. That's the language we use. You have a property interest in your life, and property interests and liberty interests are the two highest constitutional interests and rights that are, that, are, that are secured by the Constitution. Now, the question is this, not whether or not it was deadly conduct. Certainly it's deadly conduct. Remember, we've even – Ardo Acevedo even passed a rule that even cops are not supposed to be shooting at vehicles who are fleeing, which gives me pause about Mike Ramos. But the last thing I want to say about this is that – a person who is acting, a person under Texas Penal Code uh, 14.01 is allowed to make a citizen's arrest if they see a felony occur in their, in their presence or if there is a disturbance of the peace. All right, hold on. We I come back. We, we I, come back. I'm going to come back to you, Skip, and I'm also going to go back to you, Derek. So I'm, I'm going to let you get uh, chime in there and, and say what you got to say. But I want to remind you guys this. My dad, my biological father, was in a crosswalk one day. A guy in a truck was making a right turn. The guy looked to the left, made that right turn, and never seen my father. This guy cried in a courtroom and apologized to me for running over and killing my biological father who was in a crosswalk because he was looking to the left, not to the right. You're assuming that everyone's a great driver. With everything going on, you'd be surprised what people do in their vehicle. They're on their cell phones. They're doing a lot of things. We come back. We're going to talk about that and more. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Talk 1370, the right choice.
welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, so when vehicles are expected to uh, obey the rules of the road, I guess pedestrians should be able to do the same thing. And no, uh, Kyle, Kyle Green says, so jaywalking is punishable by death now. No, it's not. It shouldn't be. But you know what? When you cross I-35, you know how many people get killed in Austin when they cross I-35? Quite a bit. You know, no, they shouldn't lose their life, but you shouldn't be blocking the roadway. That's a Class A misdemeanor. You don't have a right to block that roadway, but I do have a right, a privilege of driving on the road because I'm paying taxes. Uh, go ahead, Derek. Well, hang on now. Um, they're paying taxes for those roads as well, so how come their uh, ability to travel on them is not recognized by you? They're not because traveling they're not on them. in a vehicle? They're, they're, cross, they're blocking the roadway. That's a class A misdemeanor. No, they, they, no, no, no crimes hang on. If you, if you watch the video, they're walking down the road. Actually, if you watch the and, video from the dash cam, you'll see that they pull, they walk out in front of the Uber driver, who is a, a, a rideshare driver, and, and direct traffic. You don't have a right to direct traffic. You're a civilian. Uh, Get no, off no, the road. I, I, I will concede that point, but what, what you're failing to realize is that whenever you're watching this video that you have pulled up you can see that there are people in the road what i so see is a fuzzy mob surrounding vehicle that's what i see as he makes a right hand turn fuzzy wuzzy when he makes his right hand turn um if he unless he's just completely oblivious to the fact that there are pedestrians in the road in which case he should not be driving i would expect uh, pedestrians to be in the road that's but then all of a sudden when i make that are. right turn i see a mob surround my vehicle no no no, no. hang on you just had it on your screen, Mike. He was driving. He sees there are people everywhere. He makes his right-hand turn without any care about what is around that corner. There is a big difference between making a right on red care carefully in order to yield to traffic as well as pedestrians and things like that. You don't. And you're, what you're, he did. What you're, you're making up stuff in your in your head. You don't see anyone making a ma turn aggressively. I definitely see somebody making a turn aggressively. <laughs> and whenever somebody makes a turn aggressively, I don't like, be surprised well, like, whenever like there's the, a crowd of look, protesters there me, that they're that, going to retaliate against Give me that, that strain of weed that you're smoking. <laughs> Skip Davis. Th this, and, that guy rolled know, through that stoplight, turned right, yes, aggressively. He never slowed down, bro. He stopped. He stopped. He stopped because there's someone in the way, and he didn't want to drive into you, him, right? Be careful, Skip. Be, be careful. Don't, you don't. have to yield the right of way and not cause an accident. He yield. He stopped. He didn't cause an accident. He's inside the road incorrectly. He yield and stopped. You don't get to run them over. He yield and stopped. You don't get to run them over. He didn't run, he didn't run them over. over. The mob that... He stopped, and the mob attacked his vehicle. A mob. That's not true, And Mike. a guy with an AK stood video. up next to his vehicle and pointed an AK at him. There's no witnesses to confirm that. That's his story, and that's what you'd expect him to say. After all, he just killed somebody. There was not a single witness who had been, a, a, who had been produced that says, independently, that says that uh, this guy Garrett pointed his weapon, raised his weapon at pointed his weapon at uh, at this guy, uh, Perry. And no, and no. If, there, if that information was out there, I think that either Perry or Perry's lawyers or the cops would have said so and produced the witnesses like they do in every other case. Well, I, so I wish one of these brave souls would step forward and tell us who's fired that last shot if they think that they were right, such in on. the right.
hang on, Mike. I've actually spoken with people who were there who witnessed this that were standing 10 feet away from Garrett whenever he was shot. One of those people that were they, saying, what happened? What happened? Did you see what happened? I don't know. Did you see what happened? I heard the video, too. Go ahead. I'm talking with people who are part of the Boog movement that you brought up that uh, I would proudly consider myself part of as well because I, I value liberty. Um, now, when when all of them say that he approached at low ready, low ready, for anybody that's not familiar, I know you are, Mike, because you're a veteran just like me, low ready is with your muzzle at the ground. You are able to raise it if needed, but your muzzle is pointed towards the ground. Now, if you also read his attorney's uh, statement, he said he rolled down his window because he saw Garrett ask him to roll down his window thinking he was a cop. And then he realized, oh, wait, he's not a cop. I'm he's going to kill me. He's not going to kill you. You don't you don't ask somebody to roll down their window if your intent is to bring them harm with a weapon. If you're going to shoot them, you're, that, that he looked like a school. He looked like a school shooter to me. Huh? Oh, so oh, he looked just like a school shooter to me. Okay, so oh, don't, go is that, is that, don't go there. Is, don't go is there. Don't go there. Mike, is that is that your opinion of every open carry rally? We all look like school shooters now. No, sir. I'm just calling it like I see it. Don't forget. What's the, cops, the difference? Don't forget the the cops say that every black is a thug. Every every encounter with a black man in a car, every traffic stop is a potentially deadly encounter. Why is that? Well, blacks are thugs. Let's not stereotype, Mike. Let's keep the conversation on the positive. I like the way it's going. You can shoot, and you can make a citizen's arrest and use deadly force to stop somebody. Not while you're committing a crime. You do not have a right while you're committing a crime to use force or deadly force. You're committing a Class A misdemeanor. If you're committing a Class C, then you would have that right. But while you're committing a crime, you lose that right. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on, Mike. Let me. As, unless you're making a citizen's arrest and or have been deputized, then you have the right to use force to stop a fleeing felon. Mike, where the felony occurred in your. You don't have the. You don't have the right to direct traffic. You don't. You can't tell me what I can and cannot do because I made a right turn, uh, on red. You can legally make a right turn on red. So tell me what you have a crime. Yield to pedestrians who are blocking a roadway, committing a crime. Go ahead. Oh no, no, hang on. Does does that mean that if somebody's blocking the road, you have two wrongs don't make a right. I'm not saying that they do, but if somebody is blocking a road, are you so suggesting that they have a, the legal once authority he realized to they were in over? the road, he came to a stop. Now what? Uh, well, he shouldn't have made that a tur- turn as aggressively as he had, and he wouldn't have had to, oh, I don't know, make people think that he was trying to run him over. I didn't get that. What did you well, get? From, my, from my perspective, I didn't think he was trying to run people over. I mean, I, I, I like I said, I came from the other direction, and I parked. And last thing I saw was people congregating towards the vehicle, going towards. I would I would assume that if people's lives were at risk or things like that, they would be going away from it. But that's just that's just what I saw. So I I really I hear all these things that uh, have been going around. People have been saying like, well, they'll ask questions like, did people have the legal authority to ride you know drive down that road? Yes, they did. Or like, was the guy driving aggressive? And it's just. And to Michael, what Michael said, yeah, people are bad drivers. I, I can attest to that. I've been in Texas for a couple of years to attest to that. Like I tell, right. I tell people in my classes, it's not about you all the time. It's not about you know people not doing something to you. The, usually people are distracted or doing other things, and they're, they make mistakes. So that doesn't give you the right to surround their vehicle, pound in their vehicle, and approach their vehicle with an AK-47. 
Hang on, Mike, may, may I ask you? Let's assume carelessness here with his right turn. Let's pretend that I am flailing my fists in the air carelessly and I strike you in the face. Now, whenever you fight back because I just hit you in the face, if I shoot you, do you have the do I have the grounds to claim self-defense? No, because my negligence caused an aggression against you first. You were the one defensive. I was the one offensive. Did That's I did I stop? Did I stop and minimum. run? Did I stop and run away? If I stop and ran away, then no, you can't. No, 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 no. I'm asking if my careless flailing of my fists hit you in the face and you retaliate against me because I have now negligently harmed you. I have aggressed against you. Does that? Give me the right to shoot you now to defend myself because my negligence it doesn't give neither neither one of us a right to shoot each other because you know that's not you're not trying to kill me at least I don't but perceive you trying to kill me. Garrett never shot anybody. Garrett never aggressed against anybody. So at minimum here, at minimum, you have a negligent homicide where Daniel Perry is guilty of. Did Daniel Perry hit anyone with his vehicle? Uh, no, witness he hit say them. that no, he hit them. He hit them with the with five pistol shells. So he never you hit cannot, anyone with a vehicle. Can, he didn't actually he, make he, physical he, contact with any of the protesters witnesses. with his vehicle, correct? According you, to you witnesses I have spoken point. to, according to witnesses I have personally spoken to, he actually hit Garrett's fiance, who is wheelchair bound. Not hard, but he hit her wheelchair. Now that's just according to witness statements that I have personally talked to. It's obviously still under investigation, but here's the thing. The medic who returned fire and uh, Daniel Perry cannot both be justified in their shooting. So you have to pick one. And I'm going to go with the medic whose side I'm going to be on because clearly, at minimum, Daniel Perry was negligent in driving through a crowd of pedestrians who – he uh, who rightfully assumed that th he was committing an aggressive act against him. And then he decided to take it to the next step further and use lethal force and kill somebody. Skip, you know, my Skip, let, me Skip let me give you, Skip, a, let me give you the last word here. We got, Skip, you got 10 seconds. Go ahead. And there's a very like, there's a very good chance that both of those shoots, uh, Michael, the, the Perry guy and the medic guy, they most, both might be uh, justified. Um, you know, they both, there's no, there's, there's no rule that says they can only be one or the other. It's not binary. They both might be justified, but they both also broke the law and have to come to trial to put on their defense. All right. Well, I want to thank you, Skip Davis, attorney in Austin, Texas. Thank you. Thank you, Derek Wills, uh, for giving us your opinion. Thank you, Brandon, uh, Anton yeah, for coming to the studio as well. Remember guys, you know, you got to treat each other and respect each other. Remember more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.